on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys, the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here's your host, your one-stop shop for the comics that drop, Derek McCaw. Wow, you really didn't have anything. <laughs> wow. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of Fanboy Are they damaged when they drop, Derek? In the shower. Only. No, drop is like the hip new way to say the come out. Oh, really? Okay, thank Slang. You. Anyway, <laughs> we are podcasting on Wednesday, July 8th from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. Yeah. And uh, I feel like it's a poker game tonight because we have a full house. Let's break out the cards. That'd be a great get show. It? I do get it. And, uh, I was, or a John I was, Stamos show. I was thinking we are like the painting of the dogs playing poker. And, uh, it is. Yeah, so, uh, the, I'm the Bassett. We've got lots of people tonight. Uh, of course, I've got my fabulous announcer. Lon J. Lopez. The person who just claimed to be the Bassett. Christopher J. Garcia. Yes, our occasional commentator. Uh, we have, of course, our moral compass and sound engineer. Rick Brett Snyder. But we have two, two special guests tonight who have never before, well, we've interviewed one before for the podcast. but never, never been before, on that mic. Never been here in <laughs> that the mic. Never been in-house. In That's right. Uh, so we've in got, the studio. <clears throat> in studio, we have uh, the, uh, the creator, one of the creators of the Shandame comic book. I oh. wanted to pronounce this right. That's actually. Oh wait, you're talking about this one, uh, not I this am. one. I'm oh. talking about this one, not this I one. I thought you were saying that this one no. created his own genre called Shandame. Let, let him do his thing. Let me just. Could you? <laughs> Sorry, you, Shandame. Okay. This is great radio. <laughs> it is. First of all, so uh, Cameron Durigi. That's right. Hey. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you. Uh, from the Bay Area. From our state's capital. That's Here Sacramento. He, that's Sacramento, yeah. indeed. Evading jury duty just so he could be here Woo-hoo. amongst the people he loves and worships. Was that too much? Yeah, a little, no, little, no. Little, little, little good. <laughs> it's all it's all true. It is it is a place of worship. <laughs> is Sharnold the man, the myth, the legend? Yeah, there he is, Sharnold, wearing a super Sharnold cap. I, I Feel that. free to praise the mic if you like. You mean no. like bless the mic? Or, yeah, uh, uh, no, no, praise. No, no, no. Uh, it's it's a very attractive mic. It's, all right, it's the greatest mic I've ever seen. Good, thank you. See, now you feel special. I feel better now. All right. Well, uh, of course, we've got some comics news. We've got some movie news, TV, a little video game. And uh, what did you say this, the, the feature tonight is? Lon Lopez's Connections. Connections. <laughs> That's right. I just got to add a new feature every week. So so. That Chris is, knows what that is. Oh, yes. Lon Lopez. Well. It's not Lon Lopez's Secrets. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a different feature next week. That comes uh, in an aer- aerosol bottle, doesn't it? No. <laughs> Strong no, enough. that's my summer's eve. Strong enough for a man. <laughs> but made for, for Mr. Lopez. <laughs> made for Mr. Lopez. There we go. Ah, so, but before we talk about comics that came out this week in news, we've got, of course, we, we've got Cameron here, who 
so far, in addition, let's see, did you produce this image book deity as well? Were you involved in, in that um, same actually, studio? Yeah, it's the same studio, which is Hyperworks. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so we're using actually the same artist, Carl Allstatter, as well as the same writer, uh, Bob Napton. And you have been co-creator and writer of a book called Rostam, Tales from the Shaname. It's a heavy book. Exactly right. It is a heavy. It's on thick stock. But but we're not here to talk about the paper. 36 pages. 36 pages of story. (laughs) Three issues so far. There's going to be a fourth in this cycle, We're working on the fourth one right now. Okay. Um, And this is somewhat unique being that it is adapting. Well, I should just let you talk about this because it is definitely an angle in comics and, shall we say, Western culture that has not really been exposed very much, which is, go ahead, great. sell yourself here, sure. Cameron. So basically what we've done is uh, there, there was a great uh, Persian uh, poet by the name of uh, Ferdosi, and about a thousand years ago uh, he wrote this uh, big epic uh, poem. And just to give you an idea of the scale of this uh, poem, which took over 30 years to write, it was over 60,000 verses. It's about seven times the size of uh, Homer's Iliad. And um, uh, it comprises of about 22 major stories, which is almost 1,000 chapters in all. So it's a very rich mythological uh, tradition. It sort of chronicles the history of uh, Persian culture from about 7,000 years ago up to uh, uh, his time frame which was about 1,000 years ago. And uh, a couple of the people who admired his work and were inspired by his work include uh, C.S. Lewis and uh, Tolkien. And um, you'll see a lot of similarity in sort of the fantasy, mythology, you know, great epic battles between armies and things of that nature, (coughs) demons, dragons. This one's entitled The Return of the King. That's right. (laughs) And uh, so there are some uh, – you'll, you'll see where uh, – except this was written a 1,000 years before. Ah, <laughs> so you say. You have prior art. <laughs> you don't look that old. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, – the only thing I know about it actually comes from my knowledge of the uh, Inklings and uh, C.S. Lewis and all those folks who uh, would actually pass around <laughs> their versions of it uh, because they were so tattered at the old burden baby out. That's exactly uh, it. The Inklings uh, – you're absolutely right. Um, again, uh, now I'm going to be the outsider here. Explain for the listeners what the inklings are. I mean, I have an inkling, but <laughs> for I don't the benefit know. of the court, please explain <laughs> inklings. inklings. Uh, it was a writers group actually in the UK that in included, Oxford, in Oxford, yep. that included C.S. Lewis and, and all these wonderful Oxford. people. And a book was written about it recently by uh, Diane Glyer that uh, was. And the Wikipedia thing says, <laughs> and I quote was an informal literary discussion group associated with the University of Oxford, England for nearly two decades. Included Tolkien, Christopher Tolkien, uh, Warren Warney Lewis, a.k.a. C.S. Lewis's brother, uh, people with names I can't pronounce. Vinnie Coletta. Uh, <laughs> Percy Bates. <laughs> uh, Chocolate Thunder, Dominic Dawkins. Uh, various people. <laughs> <laughs> and the Basset Hound in the corner. <laughs> Isn't it great you could just go in and edit these things? Skiz, Frizzlebutt. Okay. Uh, I was part of that group for a while. Were you, Charlotte? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, and yet you <laughs> you still have that youthful glow. I'm, the others are all dead. That's where I learned everything I know. <laughs> it's carrot juice. You fed on their blood, didn't you? That was <laughs> He's the Highlander. <laughs> But let yeah, us get I mean, not that we don't spend most of our life off track. How did you? So how did you it's come, had a he, well. Okay, go how ahead. How did you? How did you come to want to produce 
this book? I, I was born in Iran. I grew up in Iran. Oh, okay. And uh, my mother's American from North Dakota, and my father's from the southern part of Iran. Okay. And uh, I grew up in Tehran, and I went to school there. And uh, all Iranian kids who go to school, once you reach sort of junior high and high school, uh, part of your literature class, just like you know, someone over here might have to study Shakespeare, you have to study the Shahnameh. It's part of the culture. And literally anyone who's got a high school diploma is quite familiar with uh, the Shahnameh. And um, so it's, it's a very important part of their national identity uh, as well as culture. Okay. And um, so it was a story that I had grown up with and was familiar. At the same time, uh, being half American and growing up, and uh, I grew up with comic books in the house, and I was very much exposed to European comics as well as American comics. So I, I grew up with Tintin and Asterix and Lucky Luke, and those were, those were the comic books that I was reading often. But also uh, uh, comic books like Thor. And uh, seeing that I started to learn about Nordic mythology through the comic book, it sort of sparked uh, an idea. And uh, so it was uh, my brother... Jamie, as well as a really close friend of ours, Bruce Bamani. We, we were kids together. We used to exchange comic books. And we all met up uh, here in the Bay Area in San Francisco and decided, wouldn't it be great if we did something like that? And um, no one had ever done it before, and so we did it. So are you doing this strictly in the U.S.? Are you exporting it? Do you think it's a product that would be... So far, just through web sales, we have shipped to, I believe it's uh, 20 countries, and uh, we've shipped to, I think it's 38 states. So, um, But all in English. All in English, correct, yes. it's uh, And it, you received some honors with this as well, because I yep. think you had told me that San Jose State has put this in the curriculum, is that correct, or recommended? Yeah, it what, a, what they did huh? was um, Khalid Hosseini, who wrote uh, Kite Runner, uh, mm-hmm. and it's quite become quite a uh, bestseller, The Kite Runner. Within that book, he's constantly referring to the Shahnameh, and in fact, one of the main characters' name is Sohrab, which is the son of Rostam. And that is actually That's featured. That's why that name is familiar. In this <laughs> you going, I you know go. I've heard a character named Sorrow. Yeah, yeah that is from that. And so what happened was is when they were teaching it as uh, a book in one of their literature classes, they started uh, taking our book as a companion read so that people would understand what was he referring to because they, he kept referring to the stories and no one had any reference. What is that story about? So that was brought in. It's actually um, – We've been uh, uh, included at um, several universities, Harvard, uh, um, Syracuse University, UC Davis, uh, UCLA, uh, San Jose State, as you mentioned. So we're slowly but surely through the grapevine, uh, people are starting. Making an academic inroad, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And you've been at this project for seven years? That's right. Okay. Uh, And three issues so far. So it's been a slow, painstaking progress or or financial process, really. is. Yeah, our biggest hurdle is the financial thing. I mean, we could absolutely produce the books a lot quicker, but I spend more time raising money. And then when I finally get the money... We produce the next book. So it's uh, raising money has been the, – the first five years was the hardest part. Once we started it moving, now we're starting to crank them out, uh, and it's, it's speeding up. But the, when you just had an idea, 
it was a lot harder to raise money. But once we actually had a physical book to show people, like, this is what we're talking about, mm-hmm. it got a lot easier. And you're not going through Diamond at all. You are no, we through the website, and as you come into comic book shops, perhaps, and say, hi, I have a book. Exactly. And I, I have method. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have just started that process in terms of the comic book stores. Um, we have been selling uh, quite successfully online, as I mentioned, and uh, so people who uh, are familiar with the story are huge fans, and so we have a core fan base already. Mm-hmm. But um, now we are reaching out to that, so I've just started that process. Uh, but we, um, the Comic Book Art Museum in San Francisco, has been yeah. carrying our book, and, and oh, they oh, are wow. yeah, they've been carrying it for actually a year now, and uh, reordered. Five times, so I'm pretty psyched about that. I have a question. You said you had your core audience. Now, what about for the people who know nothing about the old tales and everything else? How would you? How do you pitch it, and how do you sell it to them? The way I've been pitching it is basically uh, through a process of educating them a little bit of the background of the story. But do they need to have that kind of familiar thing, or does it read None okay? whatsoever. I so, would, I'm going to yeah. say Action, a, adventure, it, it fits fantasy. in sword and sorcery. Okay. What I thought was interesting reading it, because I read the three issues so far, and, and you told the stories out of order. And you had told me at Supercon... One was the first one was like the most popular of the tales, and that's why you stood there, even though it then goes back in time in the second issue and then forward in time in the third. Exactly. What I really thought was interesting was that the first two don't really have much in the way or any in the way of supernatural. They're their tales of great heroism, great strength, and the military battle, but it isn't until the third that actually I was like, Oh, there's a demon. And I suspected there had to be something there, but you know so he would say it's Sword and sorcery, it and a even, dragon. It doesn't even get to go oh, and the dragon. And it doesn't get to sorcery until yes, until the third issue. But that's that's where it fits to me, and it's got an interesting production design look to it. And you maybe talk about that because I don't think that the cost, actually, the costuming and the architecture is historically accurate, but you're trying to make it accessible to modern audiences, right? Exactly right. Exactly right. So um, yeah, in terms of uh, the costuming, um, I think we brush on historical accuracy, but then we uh, take some license. Yeah. So, so I, I, w- the reason why I say that is is that we did do a lot of studying in terms of period costumes to make sure that we included some of the things. Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, we did uh, try to make it more accessible to a younger audience, and that you're completely right in that. But we also tried to incorporate uh, some historical accuracy so that we weren't deviating too far from the uh, original story. Is, are your stories taken straight out of the poems, or are they more inspired by the poems the way Marvel's Thor is just sort of inspired uh, by? Yeah, I, I would say that no, we're not like Marvel's Thor where it's just an inspiration. We are uh, currently pretty much straight out of the poems – I would say that uh, we we have introduced some interesting elements uh, to make it a little more interesting because the poems might be a little you know it was written over a thousand years ago it can be dry at times so, they so didn't we're have not ray gonna, guns 
We're not going to have no ray guns. Rostam versus the Absorbing Man. It's not going to happen. Yeah, uh, Rocket Robin Hood. You remember okay, that? Okay, yeah, I do. I do. Oh, actually. nice. Uh, oh, I can go there. I can go there. Okay. So, they so, used all the backgrounds from the Spider-Man series. Oh, there you go. Oh, and some of the storylines. Grand Trey animation. Yes. There you go. So this fits in with a lot of the uh, the stuff we were seeing in the uh, 70s and 80s, the attempts to make, bring the Mahabharata and uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Upanishads to comic books that were being done by the small companies back in like I remember seventy eight, there was the uh, the Bhagavad Gita uh, exactly. illustrated. Well, but even yeah. even Virgin yes. tried this. I mean, and, well, you know, you didn't you weren't aware of that. I was that's, not aware of this. That's what they yeah. had. They had. Uh, they're gone now. No, they're no, no, they're liquid comics. Ah, they're liquid now. They, they're actually called liquid comics, but that's rare in comics. But they, they had to liquidate all their <laughs> assets. All their assets. <laughs> Nick Cage couldn't carry them any further. But yeah, they, they were doing uh, the Ramayan thirty-three. They, they were recasting the Devi and several mythological. And I believe there's still a couple of independent comic book uh, companies in India that are still producing those stories. I have a really ignorant but yet insightful question. Um, now with this, <laughs> oh my boy. money's on ignorant. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just out of curiosity, like dealing with this this ancient poem and and the verses and everything, is there anything you can't uh, portray or illustrate? Because isn't there? I know that's kind of in the Muslim world. You can't really. There are certain deities you're not supposed to illustrate or portray. Uh, is there anything like that that you have you've come across, or any kind of like taboo, cultural taboos? None whatsoever. Okay. First of all, just uh, one of the things uh, to give a little historical background uh, of this poem. When Ferdowsi wrote this, first of all, all of these stories predate Islam, every single one. So Islam is a uh, non-factor. And in fact, when Ferdowsi wrote this book, uh, the book ends, the last page is when the Arabs invade Mm. Persia and conquer Persia. Mm. Because for him, that was the – as his perspective – that was the greatest tragedy ever to happen to Iran hmm. was Islam coming into the country hmm. and being taken over by the Arabs. So this is, uh, first of all, a book that predates Islam. Uh, what's very interesting is, is that it's, it's uh, for, for the Western audience, they might be quite surprised to see that you know, the female characters are very strong. Yeah. The female yeah, really characters that, absolutely as um, equals. Absolutely equals. In fact, uh, in the stories, all of the earlier stories, it's always the woman who chooses the man and not the other way around. Oh, wow. And so um, uh, Rostam in the first book, without giving anything away, it, 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 when he meets the, the mother of his son, she picks him out and basically decides, this guy's going to father my child. Oh. She never marries him. And, I like uh, those type of women. <laughs> That's lawn in downtown on Friday night. What? And uh, there's also, as you probably there know, there are five Sorab Lopez's. Wait, I don't have to right stick now. around, do I? Okay. Yeah. And and um, as as his son, who becomes a very powerful uh, general in a rival country's army, starts to attack Iran. Remember, there's the warrior who fights him mm-hmm. almost as an equal, and she's a woman. She's right. a princess. And the, the word you, is. I'm sure it's evolved into our English word of paladin. Pahlavan? A pahlavan, uh, the word pahlavan uh, means great heroic, heroic warrior. Yeah, and I, I'm sure it evolved into paladin for us as a, as a word. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I have a couple of practical questions. Please. As somebody who's listened to, listening to this and getting more and more intrigued by it. Um, so 
how many issues so far? Three so far, and we're in the penciling stage of book four. All still available on your website? All available at theshahnameh.com. Let's spell that. T-H-E-S-H-A. Right, so far. It's on yes. the back. Okay, turn it around. Well, I'm betting that if I go to hyperworks.com. It's there as well. Which is probably a shorter URL. Yes. And now works is spelt with an E, e- not an R- L. You guys are making it real easy. Real easy. Ampersand. Ampersand. Sent sign. Sent sign. H-Y-P-E-R-W-E-R-K-S.com. Yes. Yes, but you got to be careful because one of the pages, because I went there today. Okay. And one of them, when you when you scroll scroll over Rostam, it goes to the weasel man or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. It reveals like the Cody's better. And I thought, that's probably what the character is like, sneaking under somebody else's link. <laughs> but if you go on the main page yeah. and you click on the roast time, it yes. will take you to the Shanamay.com. Right, right. And, and you can order there. So. Now, with respect to what you can order, uh, can you subscribe to the website? Um, we are planning to do that, but unfortunately it's not set up yet. I'm, okay. uh, you know, I, I'm doing the website myself. It's not that great. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but no, word, no, word you're, just, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> and and with your storytelling method, is each individual issue encapsulates a story that is independent of others, or is yes. there a continuity that I am depending upon? From is there an issue? arc that follows? There's or? a text page, right, that explains what had happened to kind of yes. Oh, there's even a text page. I'm looking at the first and, issue, and there's also a, a character guide because obviously some of these names are going to be unfamiliar to people. Exactly, all of these names are going to be. Unfamiliar. Yes, absolutely. But you said you jump around and yes, in the jump story. around. But each book will stand on its own. Okay, as Good. a story. Yeah, I would say I recommend it because we know the next summer or two summers is the Jake Gyllenhaal Prince of Persia, yes. which is going to put some focus on this, and I'm sure completely ruin the story because it's based on a video game, not on an actual epic poem. But if you want to know the real story, there's not a book too. Oh, that's right. There's a graphic there is, novel of yeah, Prince of yeah. Persia. But if you want to know the real story, this is, I think, is probably the Easy most access. accessible way in. This is the most accessible way in to, again, a cultural epic that until you flagged me down at Supercon, I had no idea existed. Sure, sure. Can I make a recommendation? Sure, Charmin. I'd like to see a Rostam uh, 300 crossover. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've heard that before. <laughs> Too soon. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Frank Miller's too busy look, working on 400 right now. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the website right now. It's kidding. just fine. Uh, yeah. Well, there you Which go. Which one? The Shahnameh? Hyperworks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so we can go there, and we've put that in there. Well, that's and fantastic. And then yeah, work, we've created a couple of uh, animated videos of the comic books as well. Oh, cool. Which so. Is that where like all the people like play instruments and sing a song or something? <laughs> or? La, la, la. La, 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 la. <laughs> Anyway. Anyways, um, <laughs> well, thank you for sitting in with us tonight. Thank you, thank you for the invitation. So really appreciate it. Tonight and uh, and kind of, this is great because we get we're getting perspective. Like I said you're going to be we, you're going to be at Comic Con in yes. two weeks. Yes, and you are at the small press t- area and your table oh nine oh nine. This in the year room. of. Oh, nine. Whoa. Creepy. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> movie about this Weird. <laughs> How will and we ever movie remember? movie we're looking forward to most in September? Nine. Oh, nine. Nine, nine, nine. Uh, and, of course, uh, it was a different approach than Sharnold, who is actually just going to wander around. Transition. And, and throw, yeah. Char- well, we've talked to Sharnold about his book before. <laughs> but we wanted to just come in and hang out. And it's good to hear two different small press experiences because you've got these three out. And We've I got s- three comic creators sitting at this table. We do. Oh, awesome. 
<laughs> no, I did the smart Broadway producer thing. I didn't put my own money in. <laughs> um, that's okay because I have none. Uh, but he's been romancing old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, uh, so we got the perspective: is you're there, and Sharnold is also starting up, and you're. Are, are we close to expanding that line? I know you have talked about a couple of other titles. Yeah, uh, very close. I'm actually going to have a brand new comic book available at Comic Con. Well, just a second, we should do a little background because not everybody yeah, listens. Yours is based on an epic poem too, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Which yes. is called the, the real world. The real world. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's all right. Jinx, owe me a coke. Uh, no, I said it first. That's not a jinx. It, uh, echo, owe me a diet coke. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, so, yeah, so behind the heroes, what it, and how we first encountered Charnold was he wrote in. He had actually met Lon at Supercon two years ago. Two Supercon. I blame the dum dums. We all blame on the dum dums. And uh, he wrote in, and at WonderCon, you had the dumb Wait, dumb did we meet him at a con first, or did you hear the podcast, and then we met you at a con? All right, all right. Confusing story. Yeah, let's get so, to the truth. I, in SuperCon 08, oh, I ran into right. Lon, and he was at the More on Life booth. Right. And then at Comic-Con 08, I ran into you guys and found out about your podcast, uh, and ah. and sent in an email, I don't know, sometime last year. And then at WonderCon 09, I had a table, and some guy walked up to me. And he was like, wait, are you Sharnold? And I was like, I am. And he was like, I'm Lon from the Fanboy Planet <laughs> podcast. No way. So... And then now, see, the rest that, is history. Well, that that's truth so dramatic. is so much less interesting than the story I'm going to pass around that you are a giant fan of my work on the podcast. <laughs> so you got involved in that. No. I think that's going to be All the right, I'll What's, pull what's the unbelievable mic back. about no. your story is Lon sounded so friendly and you're a man. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's wrong? I don't, I don't understand. I don't get was it. your sister Explain there? Later. No, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then we ran into you again at Supercon. We interviewed you at Supercon yes. and talked about because we had a chance to re- read Behind the Hero. And now you've got an, another brand new comic book. I, yes, it's it's going to be a mini comic. Uh, so just printed on uh, eight and a half by eleven, folded together, because it's a lot cheaper to produce that way. Sure. Uh, and and I'll just be uh, throwing it at everyone for free at Comic Con. I think quite literally he may be just wandering the floor. Yeah, and just, just kind of throwing copies. If you around. attach oh, you a dum dum to each one, <laughs> people will it take it, yeah. and they'll go further. They will take it. Oh, yeah, I can mm-hmm. throw them further. Yeah. Get them out to more people. Yeah. Get them up on the stage. I think you should just make dumb, dumb comics. That should be your new imprint it's right me. there. Yeah, I like it. Pineapple. That's called Image. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, I got friends at Image. No, we, yeah, yeah. we just interviewed an Image creator last week. Shush. Oh. Yeah. See what happens? He just shows up and, and runs amok. Reeks chaos. Nothing but so What trouble. happens if you put me in the comfy chair? Mm. We will not make that mistake. Do we have again. a podcast to do? Or? We do. Let's talk about <laughs> comics. Because today, finally, we've been talking about a book that, that was going to that finally came out today. Wednesday Comics. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Not just it's Wednesday. It's comics. Did you guys pick? Uh, there was one last one on the thing. Did you guys grab your copies I already? A we, grabbed our, we grabbed our copies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the huge, even bigger than I thought. You know, I was just not envisioning the size of this. The huge newsprint, three ninety nine, twelve features, sixteen, 16 features, 16 features um, and a big ad for Robot Chicken Two, <laughs> Star Wars, the Star and some Wars unexpected, Two, um, some unexpected series. There was something, yeah, really unexpected that uh, the Flash. Uh, Flash series is divided up into the Flash and an Iris West. 
cereal. Did as well. she enter the Speed Force? And no, we didn't. Oh. no. But it's, so again, wait, how do you read it? Is it more like Sally Forth or whatever Sally Worth or Mary Irish? Worth, Mary Worth. Or whatever. Worth. She just sits yeah. there and is like, oh, Barry. Like Offering, does that kind of? It's like a soap opera strip as well. And so yeah, here Chris has brought over the. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Now, we flipped through it. Charnold, Cameron, and I sh- flipped through it before you guys got here, and, and Cameron was seemed impressed. Ooh, that's uh, a pretty-looking Batman. I was quite a, impressed as well. Cool. It is a beautiful-looking... I, I don't even want to call it a book. So finally you can read comics on the John again, each, huh? Each page is about the size <laughs> of, Yeah, because like, it's been so difficult Batman. up till now. Yes. <laughs> so here, Chris Garcia is discovering Wednesday Comics. He doesn't listen to the podcast either. And uh, I, I have not admittedly listened to the last couple, but this yeah, is fantastic. This. It, it, it's just a beautiful... Wait, did I just pass over... Beautiful, yeah. Metamorpho? Metamorpho yeah. by, by Neil Gaiman and Mike Allred. Gaiman. Oh, I'm getting him to sign this next week. <laughs> you meeting Gaiman next week? Oh, no, actually, it's a couple more weeks after that. It's Worldcon. Isn't it? Oh, he's going to be at Worldcon, yeah. yes. He's uh, the guest of honor. Would you take all of our copies and get Gaiman to sign it? Is that, yeah, mm-hmm. that would be abusing my privilege. So? Oh, so just take mine. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, I guess that's, that's a no. <laughs> you know, I, I already have his autograph on my Anansi boys, so okay. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, all right. Is that a euphemism? You let me use no. his art. Oh. Actually- I love how you fanboys totally try to one up each other. So it's great. Yeah. Hmm. It, I got it, it, my game and on my Nazi boys. It's a constant battle between me and Derek for fanboy superiority. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, says Sorry, you guys had to see it. Hugo nominated uh, <laughs> no. writer Mr. Christopher. Four-time Hugo loser Chris Garcia. <laughs> hey, soon to be he's six. The, he's the writer Tony Loco. Okay. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> And Um Anyway, uh, or it was. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so it's out. We are really happy with that. Cap Reborn came out last week. Wait, weekend. wait, before we move on from that, yeah. I have a question. Yeah. So, so, essentially, how, how is this thing going to hold up through the ages? Because most yeah, people collect. Well, yeah. they are mocking me. Behind bag and boarded? Or? Bagged and boarded and hoping to high heaven that it lasts. You can't put any sunlight on regular this. Regular newspaper. Yeah. 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 And it's so, a little bit better. It's I'm thinking, I, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. Is there going to be an archive edition? Or are they going to do... I'm like wondering a, if they're going to come out. Is it is it standard comic book size when it's all folded up? Or are they going to come like with a special yeah. bag is, size? A little is, thicker? It's thicker. So you have to get a slightly yeah. larger... You have to get like a bag. golden age bag or something. A silver age bag. You silver have to get age a silver bag. Age bag. Um, it's just embarrassing. That we so I wonder if we keep better. If how's it smell? It Chris actually, Garcia just it smelled it. Smell, as a guy who deals with uh, <laughs> aged paper on a regular basis, yeah. it actually doesn't smell like the really bad. You know, will degrade in five to six years. I want to smell it. I want to smell it. I'd love a sniff. Yeah. Can we do it in a line? Wait, wait. It's like a bouquet of strawberries and, mm. and What you're mm. actually smelling on is lignin. <laughs> I, what I've been wondering is it's folded twice, and I'm wondering if you unfold it once, if it might keep better like this than with the additional strain, because that's going to put strain on this corner here. Damn it, I need a bigger bag! <laughs> I need a bigger bag! Actually, wouldn't it then be best to just unfold it completely? Yeah, yeah. Flat and I need a much bigger bag. Just get one of those uh, poster holders they sell here at yes. Elusive. And just slide well, you know, it it's in. It's going to be weekly, right? Yes. And so they're going to stack up pretty fast. So you might as well do it flat out like this. You're right. You're right. I have no place to. Is put this it. an ongoing or a Twelve limited? Issues. Twelve, Twelve issues. issues. Interesting. So experiment this summer and see how it goes. But I mean, look at everyone at this table is ooing and on. I'm. I'm. This is the best. The thing I've Superman seen. strip is being reprinted in USA Today every week. <laughs> really. 
So they're you know they're doing an amazing job of pushing this out there. Just sniff it, Cameron. Go ahead, sniff it. <laughs> We've all Before just took a big yeah, whiff. Yeah. <sighs> Take a big whiff of Wednesday comics, and then the I podcast went that, silent. Know, that's what I miss about <laughs> newsprints is, it, on comics. Is it, you know there is a smell. Yeah. And there's also ink on your fingers, though, too. But it's a great feeling. It's <laughs> a new it. book smell. Oh, there's yeah. a new game smell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Board I don't games. Think people appreciate yeah. the Laundry smell day. factor of, of really being a fan. Goes right to the brain. <laughs> Does. Yeah. I believe it was Miguel Ferrer who said that if you could bottle that smell so that he could pour it all over his wife. Uh, <laughs> That's sick. Wow. That sounds like a great new cologne. He's he's not Miguel married anymore, Ferrer. is he? Miguel, Miguel Ferrer's <laughs> wife dumper. Yes, I, you know, and I thought. That's a brilliant quote because I totally understand what he's saying. If he could just bottle the smell of Silver Age, I'd never, you know. And <laughs> like, wow, yeah. He um, put her in a plastic bag and then put her on well, a shelf. Sure, sure, that's one way to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, What's next on our list? Uh, Cap Reborn. I know because you're all going to be starting last week. Well, Lon, Lon, did you read it? I did. And. Uh, did Don't, you read it? Yes, I did. I was slightly disappointed with it. And Why this, were you slightly disappointed? And this were, were totally reversed because I was slightly disappointed in 600. I love this one. <laughs> oh. You love 600. And I'm... Uh, I just don't know about the whole him being a man lost in time thing that I wasn't really sure. And then what I didn't quite understand is he, he's dead, but they're <laughs> looking for him through the, t- the Doctor Doom's time thing? Like, are they looking for him in the past and pulling okay, a past here's, version? Here's or are they looking explain. for his here's, dead corpse? Here's what I'm going to explain. This comes from, I think the first person to posit this fictionally would be, is it Kurt Vonnegut in Slaughterhouse-Five? Yeah. Slaughterhouse-Five, yes. yeah. And the idea yes. that Billy, have you read Slaughterhouse-Five, Lon? No. no. Okay, the idea that Vonnegut posited there, and it gives me a lot of hope, uh, is that you, you're not really dead. Your the consciousness. Way, the way space-time really works is you... Everybody exists, it's just that we experience time linearly, and there's a race, the Trophalmagorians. Trophalmagorians. Trophalmagorians, that do understand that you just you can rock back and forth in your personal timeline and just constantly exist. And I think that's. It's kind of a metaphor for memory, though. Yeah, but what's really. Because going, a large part of it is Vonnegut's own memory of the, the Dresden, Dresden fire firebombing. Yeah. But, so that idea is there, and I think that's what Brubaker is taking, is that. Is that Steve Rogers' present-day consciousness is now bouncing around in his personal timeline, and um, so I, what sticks is he's stuck on the the battlefield of World but War. But so II. here's but here's the thing: if we are talking linearly time, whenever anytime you mess with time, it's just so. So if they do pluck him, when are they going to pluck him out? Right before no, he dies? Gonna, well, you have to read it to find out. They're going to pluck his consciousness, and my belief is that they have Put it in a, a new body. body. They have a body oh, ready. That's lame. I hate no, I don't that. Think, I, I don't think it is because I think as a series. <laughs> It's How many all- bodies has Charles Xavier gone through? Oh, five or six. <laughs> yeah, that's lame, and I hate that as a plot device but in comics. I, I don't know. Well, let's not let's not go there until they actually do it. But or my other belief would be is that they had his body all along, and it's the clone that shriveled up. <laughs> mm. See, I would like body. to think this is the way I would have wrote it. I would have wrote Nick Fury had him the whole it. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> written it. Yeah, I yeah, want to okay. rid it all over. I like you mean, that. But, uh, you mean he, he, no time travel thing? In it well, here, I mean, the whole, first of all, the way that whole storyline went down, how easily he was shot and killed in front of millions and whatever, was just so ludicrous in the sense that, you know, anytime a prison transfer, you know, is going on, they're not going to walk you on the courthouse. It's just, it was ridiculous. So I'm hoping that whole charade of whatever, you know, I mean, it could be explained 
you know, Nick Fury's gotten well, out of the a Red Skull to... manipulated all that so that he was walking out. There sure, exposed. but I mean, it was you know, like I said, it was just so. I don't know. I, I mean, of all the unbelievable things in Marvel, I thought it was just Here's kinda... my hope for it, though, is that we've had a Captain America who's gone through a lot of changes over the years with being disillusioned, having been nomad, you know, having to bow to the to the governments that he didn't necessarily feel the same way he did about And then he cried. Truth, justice, and he cried at the end of all of it. But, but the idea that you now have a Cap who for the last, I mean, for however many years his consciousness has been out there because it's time. It, one moment for us could have been years for him. He's going to come back more the World War II soldier with those sensibilities but see, I don't, and a much more I'll, interesting character. I thought that one, of the, one of the greatest – that was – I was going to go there. One of the greatest parts for me about Ultimates was he was a man – out of time. He was a real – he's what I expect from a World War II soldier but, brought into the modern but day. But I'll say the difference is you're right. The Ultimates Captain America is the a-hole that you right. think he is. It doesn't have to be the, that. The mainstream Marvel Universe, Steve Rogers, never was that guy. And, in fact, they've been, James Robinson just wrote a, a, a Captain America short, short issue where um, they were establishing that even before he had – the super soldier formula, it was his heart, it was his goodness, his nobility mm. that made him the man who was destined to become Captain America. And I think Ed Brubaker is going to be exploring that. Why is he the man that has to be Cap? Cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll keep checking it out, but I mean, I, I the first issue didn't blow me away. No, I like this. I like the conflict. That's no, no, it's, 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 it's a nice conflict. Oh, well. Terrorist fifth bump, though. Oh, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, Connections. Attention is palpable. <laughs> oh, it is. I, I wanted to give That's a, little, a little preview because I got in my Magic Mailbox this week a, a book that surprised me that it was existing. The Scholastic, of course, had just finished coloring and reprinting all of Jeff Smith's Bone Saga. And this week I got in the Magic Mailbox Rose, the prequel series that uh, Rick did not even know existed. I did not know. Which uh, is drawn by Charles Vess. Uh, but still done in the an form. An amazing artist. An amazing artist who is very different from just done in the same form, and it's a very different tone to the story. Whereas Bone is has whimsical, is a whimsical story, uh, although it gets darker. Rose is all that darkness. You're seeing it's the prequel. How did what happened in the valley happen in the first place? The pre the fall of the royal family. Was it Vess or Kaluta who did the art for Stardust? Vess. Okay. So yeah, he's very much a fantasy artist. Yeah. And. In a kind of classical illustration way, and as when I told you about this off the air, you said that's that's a very different style. Yeah, and he still draws the dragon to match uh, the way Jeff Smith did. But, but ultimately, since it's going through Scholastic, it's a kids' book, right? So I mean, yes, but with a darker tone. I, I mean, the understanding that if you followed Bone all the way through and read Bone, that that story turns darker, and that kids are then prepared for this prequel to what happened with the royal family. You think they're trying to go like tap into the whole Harry Potter market kind of uh, thing? Yeah, or? I'm just kind of surprised that they. It's been successful. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I am surprised that they did it. Except that the only downside to say to it is that it was originally already colored, and there's a very good graphic uh, hardcover of of Rose. I don't know if it's in print now or not, yeah. but. Um, so to see it, it does a disservice of the new format being a smaller digest sized for Vess's art. It's a little more compressed, but still. But for the kids, though, with the, the small kids, hands great, and the small eyes. And and real, well, they're little. They're little. <laughs> they need little books. Yeah, These are big books. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So some serious things, but, but really a good, 
Can I inject something? I know this is not on it, but I saw it back in the stands there. There's Go. a hardcover version of Whatever Happened to the World, to the Man, the of, Man Tomorrow. of Tomorrow. It yes. came out deluxe edition, which includes After everything. I just bought the old, you know. Which includes That's every, how they get you. Which That's includes, how they get me. Which includes everything that Alan Moore wrote involving Superman. So oh. the, the DC Comics Presents with Swamp Thing. Uh, where uh, he travels to the red, he gets the red uh, spore fever right, right. Uh, that takes him back to Krypton, and the swamp and Swamp Thing has to journey into the red and pull him back. And red spore is that anything like Pac-Man fever? Did no, he get the okay? Not at all. Just checking. And, Yellow sun, I think for that. And uh, for the man who has everything, the okay. famous and well adapted on Justice League Unlimited uh, story about what Superman's life would have been like if he had never, if Krypton hadn't exploded. So, uh, so it's not as um, it's not a, as shall we say not as big a ripoff <laughs> as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> okay. But it's still twenty five bucks. However, for twenty five bucks, you are getting four of the best great stories stories ever written about Superman. No yeah. question. So awesome. Okay. Yeah, you know, and in I'm sure great re- reproductions. Now, how so. come Scholastic doesn't jump on the bandwagon that way and give us some classic Marvel? Because Marvel does a good job of doing that. Oh, okay. Uh, Scholastic has got to pick it. Bones used to be the only one that, maybe I'm wrong, that I've noticed is they're, uh, that they're reprinting. They're more interested in creating their own independent, their own titles mm. that they can sell in bookstores. So they've done this thing called Knights of the Lunch Table from the guy who did uh, Sam Han- uh, Max Ham, private detective, fairy tale detective. Oh, uh, so they're looking for properties? They, they are actively looking, and oh, they did. Uh, I have a little something called the Honey Badger. I no, could. We, uh, <laughs> Scholastic does not want the Honey Badger. <laughs> what? We have got to finish the Honey Badger. Oh, I like just, the Honey Badger. And let's just. Jonathan, have we explained right the Honey Badger to you? <laughs> Off the air, we will, because one day we are going to do this. That's an <laughs> Trademark. Animated, the totally Honey Badger. The Honey Badger. But um, <laughs> we've got a plot. Uh, just now the time. Foreshadowing. Perhaps you'd like to invest in something other than the shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an epic poem. Uh, but there's this, this other one called The Good Neighbors uh, by oh. the people that wrote uh, – by the woman who wrote um, – The Strangers? No, the Spiderwick Chronicles. Uh. So it's like the Spiderwick Chronicles for teens, and it's drawn by Ted Knife, who does Courtney Crummer and, and the Night You mean people. Ted Knife? This, no. Knife? Knife? No, oh, okay. Yeah. Is there an accent on the E or no? It's E H. Okay, just check. it's a separate syllable. I was just wondering if it was like a pretentious one. No, it's no. knife. Like just say it's not. No, it's knife A. He's a he's a local guy too. He's out of San Francisco. Yeah. Well, if you're listening, knifey. Now we can't get him on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Lopez. Drawn by Ted Kneif. Okay. Anyway, uh, and that's <laughs> really and that's a that that was the first the first uh, volume of that came out. It was I, it read like a like a Spiderwick Chronicles aimed at teens, but it was still very good. Uh-huh. So interesting stuff. And I, I would like to see if we get him down here because Courtney Crumrin and the Polly and the Pirates that that he does some great kids yeah. Yeah. kids stuff, and it'd be awesome to get him in here and talk about it. Yeah, but, Polly and the Pirates was one of the best comics of what two thousand five. I don't know when it came out. I just was it as good as Terry and the Pirates. I, Okay, good. Have you ever Actually, read Terry and the Pirates? It was like Star Not Comics or something. <laughs> <laughs> that was Planet Terry. No, it was Terry and the Pirates, wasn't it? No. Or, oh, <laughs> didn't Star Comics have a Terry and the Pirates line? No. Uh, Only in your imagination. I guess. <laughs> Terry and the Pirates a comic strip from the 30s and 40s. Oh, yeah, maybe that's... Built Caniff. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. I mean. 
Is it Canif or is no, it let's not Knaf? No, it's Knaf. Okay, um, let's move on to movies. A place where Lon can feel comfortable. Um, you want to talk rumors? You, you, you skipped over this. Did, did you want to talk over? about this? I, we know nothing about Blackest Night this week. None of us had a chance to read Okay, we'll talk about it next week. Next week we'll have read it. Charnold will write in with his opinion. Yeah, I will. Yes. And why not give a shout-out? Charnold, what shop do you go to in Sacramento? I go to Empire's Comic Vault. Boo, boo. What? what? I'm sorry, I just only shop at Elusive. So. I know, but that's in Santa Clara. He's in Sacramento. It's, yeah, it's, it's a like, two-hour drive. Yeah, he's oh, 120 okay. miles away. All right. It's okay. okay. They're not really Fine. competing for the same people. All right, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, Cameron now is going to only shop at Elusive, I'm Yay. sure. Yes. Fox discount? Uh, 20%. Okay. That is a store we can get behind. Yeah. Empire's Comic Vault. Yeah. Okay, in Sacramento. Do you know the address offhand? No, but it's on Arden Way. Okay. Uh, and they have a website. Okay. Empire'sComicVault.com. Okay, great. All right, so I won't did, check them out. Uh, maybe next time I'm in Sacramento, I might drive by Something there. to do in Sacramento. That's, and, uh, if, that's the only place as, I buy my comics in Sacramento. As long as we're Why giving shout-outs, uh, Ben Schwartz, the guy who owns Empire's Comic Vault, has his own little line of comics that he does. Oh, and, hell, who doesn't? And, and he's going to have a table at Comic-Con. Is, uh, is that where you're hoping for, you're going to be able to hang out? <laughs> maybe. maybe. Uh, <laughs> so you should go, I'll okay. go check that out. Uh, okay, so we'll ben, check it out. Ben Schwartz. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. He's a neat dude. Because the great thing about being a comic book fan is really when you go to a new town, that is like the compulsion yes. to yeah. find the shop yes. and buy and buy at least one comic and book you go, in a strange city. I wish yes. I lived here or I'm so glad I don't, I don't live here. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I usually look for I, the strip club. No? You guys comic shop? I have a comic shop. Oh, okay. I have a friend who just moved We're to Reading. We're looking for different is, types of bag goods. He's going to move back. Because there's, no there's, no shop shop. there's no comic shop in Reading. <laughs> yep. Really? Wow. Franchise. <laughs> well, we know what to Lon's do. Lon's got a business model. Mm-hmm. More elusive comics. <laughs> more elusive comics. <laughs> Even more elusive. Lon's comic bin. There it is. It's, it's there. See if you can get Jeff Johns to come up. And there you go. Out. Awesome. Or I can get a Super Charnold scr- uh, signing. You What's know? Right next on our What's list? What's next is movies. Let's talk. Movies, movies, There's movies. There's a direct comic book uh, rumor that Lon picked up this morning that uh, on any cool news about Cameron Diaz oh, appearing. This in- morning? I just picked it up this afternoon. Well, you, but I assumed you'd read it this morning. No, that out. was new. That was well, new this afternoon. Rumor has it that Cameron Diaz is going to be the uh, damsel in distress in Seth Rogen's. Or no, just the chick. Oh, is that how Ain't It Cool News It said something like she's the female lead. So we don't know if she's the villain or... I would almost say she's the villain because she's too young for Seth Rogen. Or too old for for Seth Rogen. I don't know. I don't know. Gentlemen around the table. Seth Rogen's like 27, 26. And Cameron Diaz is 37. And you find a problem with that? No, I'm into cougars. But I'm just saying that (laughs) it would make more sense to have the star as the villain and then maybe have a younger, hotter... Chick for for the Hornet, it's so a, that way it's a story of redemption, is it? No, not no. really. <laughs> when no one knows what the plot actually is going to be. I mean, you know, the it's going to be a lot setup. of oh, least of all Seth. Oh. Uh, we know. I mean, the basic setup of the Green Hornet as, as a radio drama actually it became comics, but it started in radio was that Britt Reed was a newspaper publisher who posed as an underworld crime figure. As the oh, Green I can Hornet. see it right now. It's like Seth Rogen's going to be publishing like his version of High Times. And then, you know, instead of a newspaper publisher, he's you know, a zine publisher. Why you know? don't you just go ahead and tell me that Matthew McConaughey has been confirmed as Captain America? <laughs> because you are killing my soul. Tonight. I'm just reading you what Hollywood <laughs> would do, okay? Oh. McConaughey would be a, a business-friendly uh, captain. 
He's that. a little old, but maybe like 10 years ago, that would have been an awesome casting. <laughs> so badly. I can picture him holding the shield. Anyway, so. Should I go next to this? Next room? Room? Oh, this just in. James Franco is Cato. It's Pineapple Express all, all over right, again. I give up. I give up. Stop giving them ideas. I know. That's the sad thing. Um, MIA is doing the soundtrack. Oh, okay. Lucy Liu is Cato. Cato is Cato. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably cry. Uh, Did you yeah. say Lucy Liu is Cato? Yeah. Then she could fight Cameron Diaz. That would make sense. That would be awesome. And, and, then, they just, both, and then they'd both turn on the McGee. It's just Charlie, hey. Charlie's Angels 3. McGee. Corey's own. I love that guy. Okay. Okay. Moving well, on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, also that uh, rumor has it that this week was a, a week for old television shows to get movie remakes announced. They've Rumors. Been, they've announced that uh, the writer of The Hangover has been signed to write and direct Baywatch, the movie. Really? I Do feel really very old because it just seems to me like didn't Baywatch just end? Has it really been that yeah, long? Maybe yeah. eight years ago. I'm waiting yeah. for Captain Did, did Baywatch the get movie. you through puberty, Sharnold? Is uh, that Baywatch was before puberty for me. <laughs> it got me through. So what? What show did that for you? Awkward question. Baywatch Nights. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Silver Spoons. Your mom's listening. So for for me, uh, during puberty time, uh, it was X Men the animated series. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, true fanboy. <laughs> uh, and the Tick. Those that those were the ones those that really did it for me. Re- well, made in America. Made in America. Uh, American made. The American tick. made. Yeah. American made. Or Captain Liberty in the live action. They were series. made in America. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Okay. You know. <laughs> hey, that's hey, I'm honest. A strange guy. That's you know, honest. But, uh, and, and it is honest. I mean, that's why I put you on the spot. Just don't I got say Batman. Well, okay. <laughs> it wasn't exactly the answer. But I you know what though? I was gonna get. But you, you, it, it, now we have to we have to go with all our guests now. Cameron. Cameron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> In terms of a movie or a comic? Uh, TV, TV. Well, we were going, what you know, TV cultural show. icon got you through there. A recurring event. The original Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Farrah all the way. Oh, yeah. God rest her soul. A moment of silence. Wonder Woman. Linda Carter That's or just right. Wonder Linda Woman. Wonder Woman, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I have to say Aaron Gray. It was oh, <laughs> yeah. Wilma Deering bringing back Silver Spoon. No, Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers, oh. and then later on Silver Spoon. Uh, okay. You're thinking Aaron Moran? No, sorry. no, not her. No, sorry, sorry, no, sorry. no, not Joni. Yes, yes, yes. I'm uh, gonna say uh, Janet Jackson on Good Times. No, Penny. Okay, Penny. <laughs> okay. Uh, out there, Rick. Sybil Danning in Battle Beyond the Stars. Oh, that was oh. Sybil Danning. Oh. Hmm. Oh. She was Swedish, wasn't she? I, I possibly, didn't care. Possibly. Okay. I, I thought perhaps, you know, you'd yeah. Yeah, say Anne Francis and Honey West. Honey West. No, that was pre-puberty. Uh, <laughs> all right. We're all very exposed but, right now. Let's move on. <laughs> that was just a joke for half the people sitting here. The other half is going, Honey West. I don't know. Okay. Oh, I know. I know. You were, I was including oh, you in yeah. the half, oh, Cameron. good. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Baywatch. Then T.J. Hooker is going to get a film remake. It's about but time. the second time that this has been rumored, isn't it? Another film that William Shatner yeah, is not Shatner going again. to be invited to cameo in. <laughs> so wow. they're going to get more publicity by not casting it. I could see that being a Will, a Will Ferrell vehicle, too, don't you think? I could um, totally I, see that. I, I mean, there's, the only way to go with T.J. Hooker now is comedy. There's no way that can be something serious. I, no. I, just, I look at the example of Starsky and Hutch. And pray that we never see that again. 
I concur. Well, your prayers are not going to be answered. You know that. Um, I could see a a Will Ferrell, Danny McBride version of that. You know, Danny McBride could be Adrian Zemed. Now, now see, Danny McBride as T.J. Hooker, I might, I might really enjoy. That'd be be kind of funny. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Because it would be Danny McBride like training a new like rookie partner. Because you know the studio is listening, Sharnold, and so anything we say here is happening. So it does. There we go. I over totally, and over again. I, I would pitch that right now. Is that Danny so. McBride as I, I would, especially yeah. I forgot. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I forgot studio. to bring these bounded down again tonight. Um, which, studio, you better get on that. You're effing out. See it. No. What? And? And uh, MacGruber. So MacGruber! Like a TV show remake. <laughs> but it's a big version of a parody. But here's the problem. The, well, the only reason MacGruber works it's is because it's three minutes long. Because in six, Well, it's not even that. In 60, 60 seconds, seconds, he yeah. blows up. And I can't, Quick, MacGruber! Say not every, not every 60 seconds, the film blows I don't know <laughs> what you're going to well, do. Well, in the like recent Pepsi ads or like the recent SNL things... They revealed that MacGyver was his father. father and abandoned him, yes. So is it going to be a MacGyver-McGroover movie? I don't know how they can do that. So it comes in at the end. Speaking it's, of 80s TV shows getting movies, I mean... It's still being developed, so who knows? I want yeah. the Falconer. If they're going to do an SNL skit as a movie, I want the Falconer. I don't. <laughs> but see, then the problem is, though, too, it's like, you know, MacGruver, just a whole... I, Sorry, I had I had a thought and I lost it. No, I'm sorry. It's, it's all right. It's the all emotion right. came through. Maybe <laughs> it did. We're used to it. I got um, your anger. Mm. Uh, if we turn, I, I got a, an email from Jamie Kelwick in England. Uh, oh, really? He's with the BBC. He is with the BBC oh, on Humberside Radio. Fantastic. Uh, uh, Jamie, Magic. And I, Jamie and I used to be on a radio show on, the, on BBC Humberside. Very funny. Yeah. You can still download those. Yes, fanboyplanet.com. Early podcasts of, of us doing that. And uh, Jamie complained that uh, David Tennant, who of course we know is leaving uh, Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Uh, After it, a couple more years of single episode shows, yes, is going to be uh, appear has begun filming on a comic strip, a British comic strip related film. But uh, Jamie complains that this is he should fire his agent, leaving Doctor Who, the most the most popular television show in, in England, to yes. play a supporting role in a in a film called Saint Swinian's Part Two. Uh, oh yeah, he's fine. Last year there it's was like a had Bill Crosby Cosby uh, show. Bill Crosby, there Bill, we go. Uh, Bill Cosby, the yeah. Cosby Mysteries. No, no, no. The, there was uh, Leonard was the, Part Six. Leonard, Leonard part, six. part Six. Yeah. So um, he's playing a headmaster, and so the Girls of Saint Swinians was the original comic strip. Have you read that, Chris? I have not, but I have heard people talk about it. Okay, so in which they're just ill-behaved, uh, I guess, public school girls. Because in England, public school is what we call private school, and private yeah. school is what we call public school. No wonder we won the war. <laughs> Those wacky Brits. <laughs> yeah. no, actually, public schools are private schools and comprehensives. Comprehensives are public schools. Yeah. Okay. It's I all... went to school in England. Oh. It, oh to oh. public school. Jolly good. Oh. 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 Well. Mm. Okay. Oh, somebody got I envy, I envy your youth. <laughs> I was looking this up on the web, and I ended up with like the girls of St. Patrick's Day, the girls of Rick. Uh, keep Rick, your private searching. This to is yourself. why you shouldn't use Bing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's okay. let's turn his mic down. Keep anyway, it to yourself. So anyway, uh, so he's doing that, doing this film. Uh, we're still hoping that at Comic Con he'll be announcing uh, because he is appearing at Comic Con. Hopefully, announce that they are going to do a big screen 
uh, Doctor Who adventure. With we're hoping. With but we're just starting rumors by saying Well, that, we're not though. starting it. Rumors have been elsewhere, too. But the, the great thing about the Doctor Who franchise is you can go back in time and you can have a guy who's not on the TV show anymore be in the film three years later because a lot of adventures happen between episodes. Has there ever been a black Doctor Who? No. And, in fact, the rumor had been. Foreshadowing. Right. No, the rumor oh. had been that the, the front runner was a black actor. I can't, now I can't he remember. Was in, was the Mar- he was in the Mar- he was the Marquis of Calabar. In Neil Carabas. Carabas. In Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere, Neverwhere for BBC. Um, and he had That'd appeared be on awesome. Jekyll, and so everybody had bet on him, but he got cast in the British Law and Order. His Law and Order has gone to England. There's a Law and Order UK now. Really? It's like Constable Patrol or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stiff upper lip. It's Saint Trinians. Saint Trinians. Trinians. Because it's Roland. It's stick. a Roland Sir comic. Stri- uh, uh, that, uh, yeah, there. That's, that's exactly the yeah, girls of Saint Trinians. So, yeah. um, didn't so I'm sorry, you work on that film at uh, Monte Vista High School? The girls of Saint Trinity, or is that something else? No. I forget. The cheerleaders. No, cheerleaders. That was, that was before my time. It's a fictional board. <laughs> Another school. story to tell Sharnold and Cameron <laughs> off the air. Can't wait. Um, anyway, a movie that I did see this week that opens Friday, and by the time we post, this, oh really? See, that was Bruno. my segue. I was trying to do uh, yeah, a Bruno. Thank you. I, uh, that, that almost now that I know. Can you say I can't pronounce it? But can you pronounce it the way it's spelled? Bruno. It's like Bruno. Yeah, with the umlaut. It's from. Universal Studios, which is probably my favorite joke in there, that it says Universal Studios and the umlaut appears over the U, and I'm like, yes! Uh, and it's downhill from there. No, it was, it was funny, but uh, as they believe on Facebook, it is, there is something offensive for everyone in awesome. Bruno. It, it's, um, I cannot wait. I offensive cannot in a good way or a bad way? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. <laughs> I laughed really hard at some things, and there were a lot of moments like, I can't believe There are also at least two sequences in there where I really I – can't, I can't wait for the DVD to find out what was real and what was not because at least twice in there, I don't know how he did not get killed by the people he was mocking. Because he goes to the Middle East and he – Oh, they showed that on Letterman last yes, night. He has a Palestinian leader and, and an Israeli leader sit down and he's mocking you – know, he's making fun of the peace process. Like really isn't it, it – I forget what he said it was that – oh, he has a leader of Hamas – and a leader of Israel, and he wow. says, and he says, but Hamas, I mean, it is just a, it is just a food. With, I mean, why are you so mad at, at Hamas? And he's <laughs> like, no, 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 we are Hamas. And I'm like, and, and at one point, he's dressed in this weird, like, rab- Orthodox Jew thing, but right. with, a, with a, you know, tight. That's when he's walking up, saying, "I'm going to fix the." I'm going to fix it, and he, and I don't know who or how he pissed them off but there are people that start chasing him down and i'm thinking okay this is it, it you know he had to how did he get out of that i i just don't know jetpack jet no, apparently from what he was saying on letterman last night he did have like secu- like a security force oh, like thank God, watching his boat <laughs> but he takes he goes out um hunting with these three guys mm-hmm. cuz he one section he decides that uh the way to be famous is to be first. You have to be straight. So he's gonna. So he makes fun of all the the uh, religious, you know, praying yourself straight thing. And then he asks the guy, "What should I do?" That's a very straight activity. Go hunting. So he goes out with these three hunters in the trailer where he says, "You know, we are just like the sex and the city girls." <laughs> and the guy says, "Not me. That's totally a Samantha thing to say." <laughs> <laughs> but then later, they're all in there. He's like, "They're all in four different tents." And and one of the hunters does come up to the camera and throws it to the ground and that's where the sequence ends and I'm like okay good there's a security team because I was sure 
that they're ready to lo- load their Great rifles. News. Either that or they're going to do a little Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, oh. because he's really – I won't spoil it. I mean, it's funny. I was laughing, but it was like he pushed them so hard. I bet. And, <laughs> and it was uh, – there was a blatantly stolen bit. Uh, that they showed in what? the trailer, the uh, the baby out of the box at the yeah. airport, stolen from a classic uh, candid camera, was a a box comes down and uh, well, Picasso said, "Good artists borrow, great artists steal." Well, Picasso also smoked and drank all day, and is that really what we want artists? So did Alan. So did Alan Funt. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, so I, I just can't because there were also places where when he's satirizing the need to be a celebrity, which definitely deserves all the shots you can take at it. I, I was really on his side. Satirizing homophobia, okay, up to a point, except that there are some places he's pushed it so far. I'm like, these people's reactions are reasonable because he's so out there yeah. that I can no longer say they're not really homophobic. They're reacting to Guy, you have no taste, right? And it's it's kind of so it's it's set up, you know. So I don't know. It was just so I cannot decide. Do you want to go see it again? I big screen or DVD? I I would get the DVD. How did how did it play to the crowd? How was the audience? Um, Because Tapia saw it last night, and he said it'll probably open big, but it won't. I think it will open big, but I don't. I think the word of mouth will be that a lot of people will be generally offended, but it will do very well on on DVD. At home, but yeah, I, I because when the lights went up, everybody around me was laughing, but all the critics around me also went up after the lights came out. What a piece of crap! I'm like, you were laughing as hard as I was, yeah, you know? but everybody felt like right. they had been they had been offended. So it's like, yeah, but offend the, the whole goal was to offend people. Yeah, so yeah. if that's the case, I then it's not a right. piece of crap. I defend but. his. I know. I still think he's a genius. I mean, his commitment to that character is so intense. And he's when you laugh, you laugh and you look too, around. So. Did anyone see me laugh at that? Yeah, yeah. it was kind of that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's interesting. I can't. He is. He's brilliant. But I just want him to do high quality scripts and commit to characters that way. Be the next. He could be the next Peter Sellers. But have a better career than Peter Sellers. Yeah, I think he's got to have somebody uh, somebody else in control of the creative he, property. Over he needs there. a yeah. yeah. He needs a, a muse. Some Chris Garcia. Chris Garcia. Well, we could do a Honey Badger the movie. <laughs> Stop talking about it. On oh, the air. sorry. Okay. Someone's going to steal your idea. I believe so. Once they look. No, the I movie. technically talked about it. It's copyrighted. Everybody, sign this NDA. We're going to let we're going to let you produce it, Chris. Because <laughs> yeah. we know Finally that's a franchise. A franchise. We've got a franchise. Um, okay, so let's turn to TV news, shall we? This week, uh, is there any TV news? Well, we've been talking. Uh, well, this week. Uh, oh, I got a TV news. Do you go ahead? Lost uh, added an hour or added uh, an hour to their final season next year. Did uh, we talk about finale. that finale? No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. they were originally the 16 finale. episodes, and now they're adding. I guess additional hour to the finale. So or an something. additional hour that I will not see. That's well, good. you'll you'll finally come around. I, I but come around. if Mario were here, you'd be seeing him grabbing his nipples and drooling. So I mean, it was. I feel the same way. Mario's not not mine. <laughs> right, okay. right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I was confused uh, a little bit. Yeah. Um, Are you a losty, Sean? I, I am. Yes. See, I, and, one thing that I think is interesting, the uh, the whole unstuck in time thing that Captain America Reborn is doing. Ha-ha! They did it in yeah. Lost two years ago. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, last year. I last didn't year. like it in Lost. Oh, they, okay. they also did it two years ago. When they first introduced it, it was oh, two it was, years ago. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. With, uh, was it actually two years ago, uh, or did they come unstuck uh, in no, it was, two years? Uh, 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 
Well, technically, <laughs> Marty McFly did it, you know, 20 years no, ago. It's well, but that, that's, that's a different type of time travel. He was still a man stuck Chris, in time. Will, okay. will you hit him? Uh, gladly. Yeah, okay. Uh, and I was going to say, and I became unstuck in time this week because I took a TARDIS and went forward <laughs> two weeks in time to two. watch the BBC America broadcast of Torchwood, Children That's of Earth. That's amazing. It is, isn't it? Did you stay for the whole week? Uh, no. No, I only watched the first two episodes so oh, far. Oh, man. You're going to have to go back. I know. I'm going to have to go back later tonight. I'm I know. This is the segment I like to call Lon Has No Clue. And, in fact, yesterday I put a top ten Torchwood spoilers, and the thing is, here's ten jokes that Lon will not understand. I laughed so hard at that. (laughs) (laughs) That it was for you. Thank you. Uh, Michael Goodson and I collaborated and wrote that, um, the top ten spoilers for Torchwood. So uh, Torchwood season three is five episodes running five consecutive days in England right now. And and everybody was thinking, oh, what a terrible experiment to see how this works. It's the highest ratings Torchwood has ever gotten. Absolutely. Uh, three times the viewership that the first season got on BBC Three, uh, which – and then BBC Two, they had gone last year for the second season and gotten twice the viewership. And now, yeah, it just keeps growing exponentially. Did they deserve it? They did. I mean, actually, the first and second seasons are very uneven. But so far of the first two episodes of this five – it is amazingly tense. I'm not sure if you, as still having not even watched the Christopher Eccleston Doctor Who, but I know you're a Lawn fan. I get that, Charles. <laughs> you're not about me on this podcast. Anyway, uh, but uh, but it is the it is the best season of Torchwood, and it, it is so tense, unrelenting, and Torchwood is a series which is finding its way. Uh, the first season I thought was fairly bad, had a couple great moments. The episode Captain Jack Harkness was fantastic, the last episode of the season. Second mm-hmm. season I thought was all the way through solid with a almost spectacular finale. Mm-hmm. Um, and from everything I've heard from all my friends over there, uh, Children of Earth is one of those just things that you have to watch. Well, because everybody thought it was going to be like Village of the Damned. Yes. And it's and it's not. No. It is it, it, and like I say, it just looked that way. It looked that way from the preview, but the thing that they that they're doing is I mean really one of the themes going through is family, the question that gets asked, do you have children? And I realize that does kind of divide the audience. If you have kids, do you have kids, Cameron? Yeah. Three. Three. You know, there is a unique <laughs> horror to something messing with your children that I'm not sure that somebody who doesn't have them, sorry, young man, uh, you know, who, who says I don't have kids? Oh, oh. you are a lawn that's, fan. It's a mystery. You'll never know. Wow. Lawn won't know either, but we still give him crap about it. Uh, so, okay, little Charnaldettes going around. Charnaldines. Charnelites. Charnelites. Uh, anyway, you know that definitely is one of the and and the and they they have characters where it is divided up that way to the ones that don't have children and are like, well, this is really cool, and the ones that do are like, this is horrible. Yeah, this is this about? is frightening. <laughs> this is where and, and it's not. It's just sporadically and it's happening. Is that the children are stopping and this alien race is channeling them, and they're chanting through there except for one. Kid, one man who's in his fifties who had escaped in a one abduction man. in 1965, and so and, and I reviewed it yesterday. And the second episode I watched today, I didn't give enough credit to that. I can't remember the name of the actor who's playing the middle-aged man, but it is so good. It is definitely this guy who's Joe Montagna. You get the sense of the character who's totally been damaged by this childhood trauma and utterly changed by it, and the terror that he because he's the only one who really truly knows what's going on. I wish we knew. Um, it's great, but. They just redefined every character that had survived last year's season. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great. Not many. Not yeah. many. <laughs> really only four. But uh, And one survived because he's not really a member of the Torchwood team. He's just married to one. Yeah. But I think they're setting him up to actually come in and I be an official member of Torchwood. So, so here's a question I've always wanted to ask. Uh, for someone who has never seen any Doctor Who or any Torchwood, can I jump on and see these two awesome episodes? And will they make any sense? I think this will. They don't reference the do- Doctor Who at all. Um you need to know in a couple of things. Uh, well, I mean, they go over the point that you understand Captain Jack can't die. Yes, it's because of something that happened to Doctor Who, but nobody knows that. You know, at, within, None of the characters the, within the universe, in the they, show don't, they don't know that. So, um, you know, it's right there. They do a good job of reestablishing that, reestablishing who the characters are. They don't really mention the people that got killed last season. It's enough time has passed that this is the status quo right. of Torchwood. Everybody in Cardiff knows where Torchwood is and what it is. You know, it's basically they say, like, you know, if somebody wants to join Torchwood, oh, yeah, you go to the bay. And, <laughs> and if, There's which an is, invisible elevator which over is there, by interesting, the way. Well, they're not using it. And so, oh. the, so it really is a lot more accessible, I think. And it's not about the headquarters and all the mythologies that come up from that. It's really about redefining these three main members of Torchwood uh. and what their lives are like or what we didn't know about their lives that are like and – what's happening as this horror is coming to to England. So uh, it's pretty intense. And uh, I'm, I'm pleased You so liked far. it. I did. Yeah, That's let's remember good. That the important thing really is that Captain Jack is just so pretty. He <laughs> is pretty. He's a little doughy. I'm going to be honest. He's, 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 he's gained a little weight. He's chunked up a it's little bit. probably in because of all the work he's doing with Andrew Lloyd Webber. That's probably... I mean, yeah. Um, it so hurts where, me. where might an American audience view these BBC America on July 20th. They're going to start at 9 p.m., and they're going to show it the same way five days in a row. So we're going to be at Comic-Con. That's what TiVo's for. But it's also going to be on uh, Comcast On Demand uh, starting, I believe, the day of. Really? That's good. That's how I watch all my TV. I think the the shame is that I thought the BBC had figured this out is you've got so many American fans – just show it simultaneously, or at least yeah. at least a few hours later. You know, if you want to, the, day, to the, the next day would be fine. Yeah, but to, but, but to the, delay it two weeks is dumb because it, did they give a reason for that? We're Stupidity. That's their new slogan. The as as BBC com- America. Not very we're bright. Dumb. We're, we're <laughs> not Stupidity very bright. is the excuse for a lot of things. Are these, yeah. We're are, the BBC's dumb American cousin. Dropped on our head. Co-produced with the CBC. Yes. So that might actually have something to do with it, that the CBC's show date. Uh, you have to have a certain date for North America. Oh, I don't like that answer, Chris. It's not a great answer. It might be true. I, I want to say, and it's a little excitement, it's not so much genre-related, but, but David Tennant, uh, of course. Awesome. Yes. The doctor. Uh, they had announced, I, and apparently they announced a few weeks ago, and I did not realize, the RSC announced that they are filming his Hamlet with Patrick Stewart as Claudius mm-hmm. for BBC Two, which means we'll have a nice DVD of that, uh, supposedly on a related topic, but supposedly not, um, the David Tennant Royal is Shakespeare Theater, no. the, the National Theater Company of the UK, mm-hmm. is actually uh, doing one of those NCN theater things for their production of one of Terry Pratchett's book, uh, the, Nation? Uh, the Nation. The, is that about the elves that are like secretly yeah? Living it's not here? one of the. It's uh, not one of the discworld. It's not one of the discworld. It's one of the standalone. But they are actually doing it. Uh, in theaters, in movie theaters around the U.S., yeah. um, they're doing this with a lot of things, and then they're doing Romeo and Juliet and some other plays. Have you attended any? Anybody here attended any of those NCN I've, things? I've gone to a couple of the operas. 
Uh, I saw. I really wouldn't say that again if I were you. <laughs> I love opera. I'm sorry, but uh, I was going to go to Forever Plaid tomorrow night. <gasps> That's right. Yes, but uh, sadly I can't. Uh, so okay. So yeah. I, I'm just curious. Those are those ten are more things Lon has no idea about what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, opera and Forever Plaid. It is a great experience to hang out with a bunch of free and it, it's it's like the difference between watching wrestling on television. And watching it in a crowd, which I would agree, it's like why I'm gonna on July 23rd at Comic Con. I want to see first the Green Lantern animated, mm-hmm. the Guinness World Premiere, because watching ju- episodes of Justice League at Comic Con with 4,000 other Justice League fans, yeah, it was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. I I have to say I have never seen an audience actually stand up and applaud. Uh, as I did when they showed, uh, I think it was one of the ring cycles at uh, the Mercado. That's Wagner. It was. I do know that yes. it was Wagner. It was Stolen, awesome. I'm sure, from the Shahnameh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, the source of everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, yeah, and then I caught up. Oh, oh, and we announced this week that, of course, they're selling a limited edition Dollhouse DVD. Boo. What's Why are you about booing? I got um, the 13th because I think episode it's going. Oh, you know what you get? You get the 13th episode, but the regular DVD is going to have the 13th episode as well. Okay. But I think you're going to get a personally because it's only 5,000 copies. Joss Whedon is signing. Oh, okay. 5,000 copies. So you of can Elijah Dushku's. That- no. no autograph of uh, her show. <laughs> so you're. Um, so you can order it. I. This is smart of Fox. But I think it's interesting. This year, this is not the only one. I, there's a f- couple of companies that are offering limited edition DVDs. It seems expensive, but, you know, again, Comic-Con, who's going? People that want yeah. their videos ahead of Missed time. Missed my toaster last year. I'm still hey, we very, looked. very sorry. We, we tried. Looked. I know, we I tried. Know. No, no, no. For your I, Cylon toaster. Had I gone. We had a million other things to do. And we, still, and we stopped no, and looked. You guys brought me back some really good stuff. And we probably should announce in the air that this year... I will this be is pretty at bold. Common. Wow. Rick Brechneider is attending his first Comic Con wow. this year. Be prepared I, to have your world I just rocked. Have to make my air, I'm going to throw another one out there, Chris, because this is going to blow your mind. We are also going to be, uh, though he doesn't have a press pass, uh, but attending as a professional badge, uh, we'll have Jordan Rosa. Former Fanboy Planet no writer attending his first Comic Con as well. Wow. So there may be many contributors this year that that have you know. Not men before, so this is very exciting. Someday. But the Dollhouse DVD has five, you know, they're pre ordering, and I think that this is the. I would love it if Mattel, having their Zan and Jaina limited edition with Gleek uh, action figure, if they would let me pre order it now. Jan and Zana are Jan for and Zana from Super Friends, the Wonder okay. Twins. The Wonder Twins. And yeah. But the monkey is only available at Comic Con. Mm. And what's the point of having them without the monkey? Your life would be incomplete. Uh, in case you need a bottle of water or uh, some sort of great ape. <laughs> <laughs> form I'm, I'm not of. sure. I didn't even follow you on that. Oh, oh, I see. Form <laughs> of. Form of, yes. A okay, of water. I, I'm there. Okay. I caught up in True Blood. Lon, you caught up on that? Last week there was no episode, right? There was no episode, right? but okay. that's why I was able to catch up. Yes, I am loving it. It's such a good show. And I wonder... Why does anybody love Twilight when there's True Blood? Is what I want to know. But I guess it's Twilight's for well, True Blood light. Or because uh, Twilight is the one true way. No, it's terrible. Oh God! I uh, think True Blood is a little too intense for Twilight fans. Yeah, I think Twilight fans are the ones who want to believe that 
vampires are nice, friendly, cuddly, soft, <laughs> sparkly, sparkly, and they love you forever. They love for you eternity. forever. They'll Again, protect you. I've explained this, haven't I? Yes. What? Yeah. Okay. What's and, next? No, but seriously, <laughs> even though as a vampire, like, okay, you know how, like, they say no, the little, human beings have the seven-year itch. Doesn't a vampire? Go through that if at least like forty times in their eternal well, they, life. They switch to A negative. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then try that for a little while. And... Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. Have you actually... tried True Blood and Red Bull? True that, Blood and Red that Bull. Is, oh, that is actually mentioned in Twilight at, at one point. That idea that you know, as I I love that quote. You are my heroine. Uh, you know, and, and that. Not the not the heroin with an E, but the actual <laughs> drug. There's, uh, there's an E in that one too. Well, that's not at the end. <laughs> well played. Fine, I'm just going home. No, I'm not. I'm going to talk about... Uh, Wait, let's finish up True Blood, though. Well, it, it, it's hot. It uh, is. It's sexy, huh? It is one sexy show. Steve was telling me earlier. Go ahead, Steve. Make your comment. What is your favorite scene in True, in True Blood so far? Naked Anna Paquin. The scene in the yeah. uh, hot tub. The hot tub. Oh, man. The, the pool party. Oh, yes. The pool now, okay, you're you're a Zorlak here. I am a Zorlak. Now, True Blood this year, and, and I, I fear where this is going. And all and all the in, in its in two Greek seasons, mythology jump in. And its uh, two seasons has uh, it, it's played with a lot of the different, uh, let's say mytho- mythologies or Mytholo- supernatural creatures, right? Like just last, what was it last week or the week before? We saw something that looked like a minotaur of some sort, or. Mm-hmm. No, no, Basilisk no. is a snake yeah, man. It was a bullhead. A, is like a bullhead and sharp claws with, with, that gave uh, poison. So, um, and they haven't identified what that so, is. So, so now we've got this. He was talking about the hot tub party, and everybody's getting all crazy, and their eyes are all black and everything. Well, what, what mythological I'm thing is that? That the Michelle Forbes, Michelle Forbes character is. Uh, I think she's Cersei. What's Cersei? The uh, she's sexy. No, she is. But you uh, mean like Cersei? No, Cersei is in the Odyssey. Siren, one of the sirens who has the island, and she holds Odysseus for she ten changes years. the men into pigs. pigs. She changes them into pigs. She's oh. a witch. She's a witch, and there's a and, but she's an immortal witch. She's yeah. also a villainous in Wonder Woman, and uh, there is a pig, and, and there's a pig in the house, and so that's why I, I was long before. See, kids learning your historical when mythological things. So read her mind. She's getting ancient Greek. You out go over of her that head. lady's oh, house. I didn't hear she was trying to read. She tried to read her mind in the bar, mm-hmm. and ancient, and all she could hear was ancient Greek. I couldn't tell that was ancient ah. Greek. So it was all Greek to me. Uh, <laughs> oh. I went there. <laughs> of course you did, because there is a place that says Lon's place. Recurring segment. Lon went there. <laughs> the only actual segment that does recur, whether I wanted to or not. Um, okay. So Cersei, 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 C I R C E, Cersei. 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 Oh. She's been a villain on Justice League Unlimited. You Sorry, I don't no, watch I'm... cartoons. You do, too. You're okay, I do. Liar. You're right. <laughs> such a liar. But that's awesome, that though. You course. called it. I'm going to say it right here. Derek called it. That Cersei. I think she is. I don't know. I've never read the novel. What's the pig's name? Arnold? <laughs> Arnold Ziffel. <laughs> Isn't that how it's... <laughs> yeah, what pig? Exactly. Because the pig disappeared. Well, the pig is a no, it was. They were kind of implying that she turned into the pig, though. No, or... No. Because, no, like, you he looked that. at the pig, he turned around, you she just was there, want her to be a he pig. looked back, and the pig you was gone. You just want her to be a pig. Why? Yeah. I like her the way she is. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Anyway. Let's move on to video games, because we got uh, news. We got news. Yeah, we, we can do. 
Talk about topical. Cha- given last week's guest, topical. Last week we interviewed John Lehman, who is the writer, of course, of the hit image series Chew. Ooh, what? I finally read both of those. Yeah, can we discuss them or no? Should we wait till Let's next time? Wait. Let's wait okay. because we're we're on some of those. Okay, John's day job, and boy, I'm envious. Not only is he writing like as a sideline, the top one of the top selling image comics. Yeah, um, but his day job is he's writing video games uh, for Cryptic Studios. He's writing oh. Champions Online. Oh, how can you? How? One of their writers. What? Yeah. Oh. My friend Anna Sherman. Okay. Hi, Anna. Oh, cool. <laughs> Why have you not gotten us jobs doing that? But anyway, uh, so John is right. He was talking. Scatus, right? Yeah. So he was talking last week about writing Champions Online. We which was talked a, a lot about Which was now. a classic role playing game. Wonderful. And, and that did Rick, you play and, when you were Rick a kid? and Chris I did. had done. I did as well. We had played as a lot. Charnel, were you a Champions player? It was before my time. Point based oh, character nice. generation. Um, <laughs> the second best character generation of any. Did you play? Uh, what do you think the, the first SpongeBob traveling game? Would die in character generation. Uh, I, I, I played. I, I rolled up a number I of traveling characters. Yes. <laughs> my, my starfish charisma books, is very right? high. Yep. Um, so anyway, and just today, Cryptic Studios contacted us and offered us the chance to announce, and I'll be posting tonight, but here on the podcast, that you can be that you can submit to become a beta tester. For Champions Online, which will be officially released September first, September first. But we can get you in, listeners of Fanboy Planet, the podcast, readers of Fanboy Planet. I mean, I'm sure other fan sites as well will have this, but it's still it's still great timeliness that the beta test is almost ready to open up, and you can register. You go to Champions-Online.com. They had originally sent us .net and she updated it that it's .com. Oh, good. ChampionsOnline.com, and you can register as an NC, uh, not NC South, that was the old company, Cryptic Studios, um, and submit yourself to be a beta tester. And if you are selected, uh, which obviously the Fanboy Planet staff will probably be in there. Yeah, yes. um, if you are selected, you will get a chance to be a beta tester for what now Rick has looked at some of the photos. Uh, I looked at a lot of the photos. I, I watched one of the videos, and I was really excited. Their character generation goes beyond most of these places. You 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 create your character, you create your power, your costume, everything. This thing lets you create your nemesis as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's just awesome. Everything about it, I like. Yeah, uh, <laughs> cryptic so. is the next big thing. And I am going to sign up as soon as I get home. Because they're also the ones that are doing developing the Star Trek yep. online yep. game. I have that shirt. Well, okay. <laughs> Star Trek? <laughs> it's the Star Trek online I've shirt. seen that show. <laughs> I've seen that. I've, seen that. <laughs> I've watched that cartoon, but Lon apparently didn't. Uh, so, Which anyway. One? Star, Star Trek. Uh, I saw it in the repeats. I yeah, think. sure. Uh, <laughs> saw it originally. Uh, anyway. Uh, so the, old. I am. <laughs> So that's okay. Uh, so we're excited to be ta- be covering Champions Online as it develops, and that's now this be pretty has cool. nothing to do with Marvel's Champions. No, in fact, right? there was a lawsuit. Yeah. I just uh, went to Cryptic Studios and I'm clicking the beta preview now. Apply, and they had to. I believe. How did this go? That um, oh, because the the series that um, the order that was kind of the West Coast Avengers out of right. out of the initiative. Uh, was originally going to be the call the champions, and then the and then Cryptic, I believe, were the ones that uh, contacted Marvel with their lawyers, and mm-hmm. said, um, "We actually own the name, even though you had a series. We'll allow you to reprint like an essential champions book, but that's it. You cannot continue developing mm-hmm. anything under that title or trademark the champions because we finally own it. Marvel gets sued. Marvel from lost somebody one. else. Marvel awesome. lost one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the Magic Mailbox delivered a Wii first person shooter. 
it's Ooh. only on the Wii, The Conduit. Yeah, how do you like that? Um, it's still scaring me. Okay. Um, no, I, <laughs> well, to be fair, you had to play it in a house all by, by yourself. yourself. That's right. I'm alone and playing. With you. Making sure the sun is up when I'm playing it. Uh, yeah, it's kind of it's a little. What was the fanboy tie-in? Is it? apparently and Kevin Sorbo, uh, oh, really? Hercules is a voice of of one of the main characters in there. And so I thought, oh, that's interesting. I didn't recognize any other cast members. I thought it was odd that Kevin Sorbo was like the only name. But um, it's basically kind of a political intrigue mixed with alien invasion thing, uh, political conspiracy uh, set in Washington, D.C. Admittedly, as the lame gamer, I don't have a lot of experience with first-person shooters, and I do believe that every game is somebody's first game. So as an entry-level game, I'm saying I'm very satisfied with it. However, I will admit that I notice... And I, I've heard that other first-person shooters aren't like this. Is that it doesn't seem to evolve much in the way of layout beyond, say, like Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Okay. Um, that you're still just kind of down quarters. There's not a lot of exploration. And I was getting that frustration, like a lot of doors that stay locked that shouldn't. You know, is that a full, is this a full game you got? Or it's a full yeah. game. I got the full game. Okay. It is. It was released last week, I think, okay. uh, officially. And um, I, I, the graphics are great. Um, I've heard complaints already that the AI of the of the opponent characters is kind of low, but I think also, you know, that may be the level you set it at. I'm only daring to play it at what they call guarded, which is one <laughs> heavier than easy, but <laughs> guarded. There's also crap your pants hard. <laughs> well, the, the Wii is really the system that is made for the first-person shooter. Yeah. It is absolutely designed for it. The other odd thing I have is the problem of being left-handed. That they oh. design all these games for right-handed people. And it, it, it's funny that it really does they, make a difference. I'm trying to play the way it's telling me to. And then I finally – so I was dying left and right. Yeah, and when I switched option, hands though. and just went – now, they don't give you the option. It's just you can switch controllers. You can. But it's still telling you the opposite way. You know, so mm-hmm. it's just making an adjustment, which not many people in the population are going to have that problem. But I do. Freak. Yes. Uh, Zorlak freak. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm giving it a, you know, I'm, I'm sure that if I had loaned this over to Michael Goodson, who wouldn't be cut dead with a Wii anyway because he's got Xbox 360, if I were to loan this to Michael Goodson, he'd be very bored with it because he's done a lot of first-person shooters. But I think uh, it's pretty intense for the, for the entry level. And I think the, the video game industry doesn't do enough for that to acknowledge that um, people are coming into it all the time. The only company that does that is Nintendo. And uh, WarioWare is the perfect example of a game that is designed to bring new people into video games. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a first-person shooter for noobs is, you know, is right along their alley. So Yeah. Is it a kid-friendly game? No. It's, it's, it's for adult noobs. There are these aliens coming. Did I mention this? These horrible, flesh-eating aliens. The kids love through, that sort of stuff. And then I turn a corner, and then and it's just like, why must every franchise now have this? It's the Resident Evil dogs are showing up. <laughs> Only they're that. worse than the, Dobermans and the oh. Dobermans. They're mutated red pit bulls that explode and if they explode too close to you so they can either rip your throat out and if you shoot them they'll die but if they're too close to you they'll still kill you because the explosion will get you daddy i want one of those for a pet <laughs> there was bound to be some brush well, on that one you won't take care of the chihuahua you're not going to have a blow an exploding dog uh, so um yeah i mean i think that's uh that's okay i mean and on the other hand, I, I, I'm aware that the Wii is making a huge and frightening uh, effort to appeal to girls because my daughter went on a shopping spree in San Francisco on Saturday, uh, Friday. She came back from 
she had gone to a GameStop in San Francisco because GameStop's are where she said, Daddy, I saw the best game ever for Wii. I really want it. What is that? Wedding Planner. <laughs> oh. Yes. I'm like, what? No. I refuse to have that in the house. It's bad enough we have Cooking Mama. Uh, which, which is a great oh, game. Cooking Mama, man. Cooking Mama. That's a great game. Um, you know, I'm okay with the pets. Could have been worse. I'm, I'm okay with could've the pets. Could have been much worse. Little she could have wanted Bridezilla. <laughs> oh, is there a Bridezilla game? I'm I, sure there will I, be. There will be. Uh, no, it's a, there's pets, P-E-T-Z, oh. and then they have different animals. And so she has pets, cats, which is you are role-playing on a world of cats, and you guide it with a fishbone, and you solve, you know, and we're like, Why wouldn't you be so eaten lame. by the world of cats? I, well, because you're a cat, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. And sing and dance. slightly less popular pets llama. And and uh, this is the whole thing, like, with the, with the whole me concept. My children, in a way I will never, they can spend hours accessorizing. I bought a new hat. And yeah. the pets, cats, even there, uh, will solve the problem. No, Daddy, I first need to buy a new bonnet. I, I think that's a girl thing more <laughs> and than it's, it's just totally, a kid thing. But my, well, my son actually adjusted my me because he said it didn't look like, you know, I was realistic with it. I made myself a little heavy. Uh, gave kind of a frown, you know, being mad with glasses and a little, I had a a soul patch when I made it, and my son made me look totally Euro trash. Uh, <laughs> so more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see how my son sees me. <laughs> like, That's oh, how we all see cool. you, Derek. <laughs> Euro no. trash. I see. All right, then. I you see like disco, disco? Now. You like disco, disco? This is. <laughs> I just saw you. Don't mess with this. And your son was all, "Daddy, I make you silky smooth." There is no disco, 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 disco. Uh, let's move on to the uh, lawn, uh, to this promised lawn feature. This is going to be Lopez's great. Connection. A cultural connection back to comics. All right. Something I noticed the other day. Uh, a few months back when our now current president was either running or maybe before, he, got, he took a lot of flack for doing the fist bump, you know, with his <laughs> wife, Michelle. Well, it was a cover of, of The New Yorker, the, the cartoon of them, where they were doing, and they said that was the terrorist. And, and culturally, nowadays, the high five is really not cool anymore. There was actually a portion of the country that called it the terrorist fist bump. Well, no, the, I understand that, yes. And USA a, Today, or, uh, the Today Show referred to it as uh, Michelle and uh, Barack fisting. No joke. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. I've also heard to it referred to as the closed-fisted high-five. Right. Uh, basically. Well, you're in Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. In a very, a very white neighborhood, Is aren't you? Is that Yolo County? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, essentially the high-five has kind of gone to the – it's jumped the shark and now everybody's fist-bumping. You know, it's the, it's the thing now to do. Well, the kids – Sure. They call it give it a pound or pound it or, That's you know. Right. Break the pickle. Tickle, tickle. Something like that, yeah. Like so Did you I, just reference the love guru? Oh yeah, and I will. <laughs> and I will if keep you can doing talk, it. If you can tell me Twilight is the way, I've now found your weakness. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Lon, make your observation. So, anyways, the comic connection is basically. I realized thinking about this the other day that I've been doing the fist pound since I was a little kid, and I thought about it even more, and I thought, well, why was I doing the fist pound back then? And I realized it was all because. Of the aforementioned, did I say that right? Yes. Zan and Jaina, the Wonder, Wonder Twin powers activating. All my friends, we used to play around the house or my sister, we'd always, you know, or any, you know, you do it as a joke. Wonder Twin powers activate. activate. Yeah. And our two fists would come together 
So I just wanted to ask the and question. And then we would uh, morph into useless items. <laughs> right, right. But I wanted to pose. Bucket of water. I wanted to pose the question to the panel: Did Zan and Jaina create the fist bump? Well, technically, Hanna Barbera. Okay, but I know. mean, you know, <laughs> the the classic uh, inner city fist bump of the uh, of the sixties and seventies. Is that what it's called? Well, the yeah, classic the inner classic city, inner yeah. city fist yeah, bump. This one right here. Here, go. No, 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 top, no, to no bottom. top to top bottom. bottom. Top to bottom. That's, yeah. that's called a dap. That's a dap. That's Thank a dap. You. Yeah. And that's certainly – it's not that far to go from that, which you can't see on radio, to that, which you <laughs> also the, can't see on radio. To the fist bump. And yes. actually, uh, if, you, if you look it up, you'll find that the origin of the fist bump goes back even farther to ancient Persia. Where warriors, uh, the who were mentioned in the Shaman poem, yeah, would um, bump it's each other's fists in greeting before they did battle. Huh. What? You that, just made that, that up right now, boxers. didn't you? You can't prove that. that. They, they took that from the Spartans. Uh, <laughs> that's right, boxers. The, the opening of a well, boxing match. Well, go tell the Spartans then. Yeah, you always hit, you always hit gloves. That's daps, though. They do the daps. No, no, they do. No, they do. Okay, okay. They do both. All right, but they had gloves on. Zan and Jaina just touched fists. Skin to skin. Skin to skin. Wonder Twin powers activated. Ring to twin ring. to twin. Was it a ring? Wonder rings? They both had rings? Did they have rings? I believe they had rings. I don't think. I think they had rings. I am anxious to get the action figures to Maybe know they did for have sure. A, maybe they did have a ring. I think they both had rings. But still, though, their other fingers would touch incidentally. Yeah, incidentally. Oh, I'm telling you right now. Oh. There is now... Now there is a confrontation to happen. Controversy. Right in, the editor at fanboyplanet.com. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. You, you can stay. You're just going to say, you know, in fact, why don't you come down to Silicon and take my place? I won't be able to be in Silicon. So, uh, I'll yeah. Be there. Oh, great. I'll be, be there. I'll be yeah. That's so, enough of that. I love him so much. I'm telling you guys. Hey, I want Reverend Al speaking at my funeral. That's mm-hmm. all I know. I just think it's interesting culturally that even though, even though it was fictional, <laughs> that again, Michael Jackson's funeral was much bigger than Captain America's. It was worldwide. Mm-hmm. Do you know who was actually Because you know what? He bigger? heals the world. Captain America just healed America. Uh, I see. Who's as, actually bigger? As for a number of live attendees, the funeral of Mitsuharu Misawa, the wrestler who died a couple months ago, which was last week, got 29,000 people. But what about Princess oh. Di's funeral? That was okay. You don't I have guess. the facts in front of you. I hear you. It's okay. I thought hers was <laughs> bigger and grander, right? Anyway, if you if you have the answer to these questions <laughs> or complaints, write into editor at fanboyplanet. Did Zan and Jaina kill Michael Jackson? <laughs> oh. Xanax, maybe. But... <laughs> <laughs> you are leaving that in if you have any courage. Any courage at all. You're leaving that in. <laughs> So, next week, <laughs> tune in next week where we have a special guest, not Chris Garcia. No, uh, maybe maybe Chris Garcia. The L.A. Coroner? Uh, <laughs> we will, uh, Quincy, M.E., will be coming in. Quincy, yeah. Quincy M.E. will be our guest next week. Uh, we will actually have uh, uh, noted comics inker Mick Gray, oh. uh, who's the inker of Promethea. Local boy. Local boy, and who was uh, got a new book coming out at Comic-Con as well, so I'm trying to get, get all these little comics. This is like our creator series yeah, we've we're doing right series. now. So, uh, yeah, Mick Gray's got a book coming um, called I'll Be Mouse that he will be uh, debuting. I'll now. Be Mouse! <laughs> You wanted a musical episode. <laughs> it also, it, you know, I hate to say this, it also apparently is an alphabet book. So of course, you know it'll be A B C. Easy as well. That was a stretch. That was a stretch. 
No, it wasn't. Uh, that was a, no more stretch than anything else you've done tonight. So, oh, oh. I heard a tendon. No, I was, just, anyway, I was just stretching. So, till next week, of course, we want to thank our special guest tonight, Cameron Durigi. Thank you. And Super Charnold. You know, I don't I like even, that guy. I don't even remember what your real name is. I'm it's so used to just Sean calling Arnold. you Charnold. Sean Arnold. Dur. It's like I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, in the meantime, of course, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Christopher J. Garcia, six-time Hugo nominee. It's a real time loser. Hugo loser. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's back listens. on my good side. Charles back on my good side. <laughs> I'm Lon Arnold, or better known as Larnold. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Rick Brettsnyder, reminding you to... Use your powers only for good. Could be nothing, but maybe we should check it out. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Come on, you little keyboard, come on. See how much gets, has to get shorn away <laughs> by Rick before we get your listening no. goodness? Yep. This is where the outtakes come from. Yeah. Have you heard anything funny yet? I should say something funny. You should. Oh, son of a biscuit. <laughs> Biscuits are funny. I'm going to have to edit that now. No. No. <laughs> Don't cut out the biscuits. That's still family the deal, friendly. The deal was with Goodson. I know he doesn't remember that. So he said, so he emailed me. He said, am, he said, am I required for you to get a free dinner? And I said, I don't know. Ask Rick. Yes. So it was, right. it was all about a La Paloma because he said it's yes. my favorite bar. So we'd eaten there before. He said, uh, it's a little pricey for an after podcast dinner. I said, hey, if we can go through, if I can go through an edit with, if I can go through a podcast without having to edit you. He doesn't remember that. All by dinner. That's why I sent the thing back to you. I was like, I wish I had Goodson's memory because you discover so many new things, things every day. day. That's a great deal. <laughs> Who's Billy Batson? He goes, Captain Marvel. I said, what's his magic word? Shazam. Nice. <laughs> said, Grandma's so sad right now. <laughs> you trained him well. I have. He's only five. He knows, he knows who Billy Batson is. It's awesome. He knows the magic word. That's that's miracle. Too bad man. he didn't. You didn't teach him any self defense when he gets his butt kicked by the, <laughs> yeah. the playground bullies. That's true. But uh, come on, comics are cool, man. <laughs> He's like Shazam, Shazam. <laughs> it's not working, Dad. Well, the Book of Mormon has this a couple of passages where they actually do talk about gods, and then when you ask, plural, yes, and when you ask anybody who's Mormon about that, they go, oh. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like no, there's there's a reference there. Retcon, yeah, retcon, which is what you know. It's exactly. There's actually a lot about Mormonism that fits in with the DC universe cosmology. <laughs> Coincidence? I think, think not. not. I think not. That was one of the reasons. That's just like the Spectre. Hmm. It was odd. Another Comic Con <laughs> mail. Oh, Boondock, the Boondock Saints to All Saints. Oh, Day. Jiminy Christmas! Really? <laughs> Finally. <laughs>
Okay. We'll interview Cameron up top and then go into the meat of the show. That doesn't mean you're not meat. No, I know. No, oh, wait. <laughs> I had one last That's, thing. I don't know if we have room for it. I'm totally cool. With just, that. I don't know if you want to include today. I just, I just thought of something yeah. today. You know how everybody was, the fist bump is in right now? Yeah. Is it just me or the, is there a comic connection meaning that Zan and Jaina started that all? You know what I mean? Like, is that no, worth, I don't think that. Is that worth talking about? Or did Zan and Jaina Wonder Kids, kids activate? You know, they, were they the first ones to do the bump? Is what I'm oh, curious. Okay. Did Zan and Jaina start the fist bump? <laughs> or the close-fisted high five? I think we need to put that close to the end. That's that's yeah. for hardcore fans who make it all the way through. Yeah, this is a new a new feature that Lon's nonsensical. Thumb. No, 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 no. This is this is Lon Lopez connections. I'm going to say it like that, Lon Lopez. Our comic connections, yeah. Our connections is fine. Okay, that's how we're ending tonight is that question. (laughs) Remember the PBS show Connections? They talked about... I uh, heard about Reflections. Okay. It's 4.54 in the a.m. I've seen a peanut stand. I've seen a rubber band. I've seen a needle that winks its eye. (laughs) The hell? I've never never seen seen it. But I did not see it about anything. (laughs) But I see it You should do more singing on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, we do. Yes, you oh, should. We do plenty. You should. you should cut it last. Because <laughs> yes. it's hard coming up with outtakes. You should do a musical episode. You, you know, there's a, there's a podcast. I actually... Re- okay. Charlotte, <laughs> lay down <laughs> the gauntlet. Not tonight, but we're going to plan one out. There's there a podcast the called episode. The Uncanny X-Cast. Their shows are typically two hours long minimum. And they did a musical ep- episode <laughs> one night. I highly recommend it. Then we need to do a musical episode. The challenge is out really? there. Really? You have to write If they've it. already yeah. done it, then. I thought that you'd want to do that. Ours is already a dancing episode. <laughs> Brilliant. Go. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, sure. You're working on it? You I got, got it. something, I think. Okay. All right. You think? Yeah. A little bit? Yeah. Okay. Don't feel like you have to make eye contact because when you look at each other, you're going away. Yeah, that's right. It's fine. It's so hard. Okay. Okay. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Pretend I'm not here. Just, or you can I'm move just, the mic so that you I'm are. I'm just in your head, right. Cameron. Go ahead. Or you could do like 50-style singing and then totally So should it. I re-answer that hey, question? Baby. You're fine. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So it's uh, it's the same studio, which is... Sean LeMay. Anyway, since I've messed this up already, if you guys just both move to that <laughs> end... That'll be a lot easier. It will be totally yeah. easy. Yeah. I think we all want to make eye contact. It's yeah, it's true. We it's just like a natural thing there you go. It's to friendly. want to do. I, I understand. It's, I'm, it's I'm trying to accommodate. Should mic up a little Should bit? Should we redo so our levels? Yeah. Again, so okay. Perfect. We go. Okay. And go. Champions, because we Finally, are. Marvel gets sued Marvel from lost somebody one. else. That's Marvel awesome. lost one, yeah. Eat it, Marvel. I invent- Eat I it think good. We, I think, think Lon, we actually did talk about it on the podcast a couple no, I remember years ago. a couple. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just yeah. wanted to say it again. I just wanted to say, yeah. suck, suck it, Marvel. Marvel. <laughs> for the little guy. Uh, it, really? I mean, that's true. And well, well, the, the medium guy. The medium guy. Well, <laughs> not quite the little guy. It's smaller still, than Marvel, right? Yeah. Everybody is. I just want is. him to suck on it and keep sucking on it. That's all I want to say. Wow. <laughs> that's Enjoy fun. your editing. Okay. <laughs> if I can, uh, should I move on to a video game review? Because the Magic Mailbox. One hour, over. 24 minutes. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Magic Mailbox. Lawn, uh, to this promised lawn feature, 
This is Long gonna be great. Lopez's connection. Oh, I have to stop for a second. No, we've rolled forward. Go ahead. Oh, are you going to stop us? Tanga, right now. You know what Tanga is? Yeah. Like, you've, you've, right yeah. now, they have the Tanga deal is sexy slave Leah costume. What? Gentlemen, star. How much is it? Thirty-four bucks. Thirty-four bucks for the slave Leah costume. I need one. For Charlotte, I hope for someone oh, else. <laughs> Does it come in extra creepy? I just hope all those uh, strippers in San Diego uh, see, hear this, and go there and buy that. So, uh, yeah, uh, Tangs are like twenty-four hours, though, right? So by that the time a, we post this great... podcast, it's not gonna, <laughs> no one can buy it. But if you guys want to run home now, or if they could I, go back in time uh, your and get it on Wednesday, get can your you... TARDIS, ladies. Huh? Can you get this up? This podcast? Are you buying one now? Are you it's buying like one speed. now, Rick? It's almost sold out. Get it. Seal the deal. <laughs> Derek's birthday is coming up. It's true. Oh, what are people saying? <laughs> I don't care what they're saying. I'm saying, why don't you buy the doggone outfit? It's not my size. <laughs> you disappoint me. Anyway, let's move on now to the Lon Lopez connection. connection. Much hyped new <laughs> this segment. Says, if I thought my wife would buy this, I, I would wear this. Rick, buy we've moved on. <laughs> We've moved on. I'm making out now. We're never trying to give you a cut-in spot again, but sorry. Okay. Did you see the picture? I've seen a million Slave Leia's. Every Comic-Con I go to, We run a a page of of like five or six. (laughs) This one was better than all of them. (laughs) It's because it's not homemade. It's professional. I still want my. I still want my uh, womp. My, my uh, your wampa you sleeping bag. Your wampa outfit. The, 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 I asked yeah. you. I mean, you be the judge. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me see. I like the pause. And Very the nice. There was a click of like you had to moisten your mouth before <laughs> yeah. you could say that. It's like she's got a good stomach. I'll give her that. <laughs> she she's that she's oiled up too. Oh. Dude, just go to Comic Con. That's all I'm, I'm saying. Going to He's going to come. Okay, okay. okay. How about Lon Lopez's Let's cut connections? Back. Okay, cut back even cleanly. Here we go with. Edward I'm sorry Black. to annoy you so much. Here we go. Uh, it's just surprising. Here we go. Can we with... have one more interruption? <laughs> <laughs> you have hit the rhythm of this show so well, Arnold. You are welcome back anytime. Uh, Lon Lopez's connections, in which Lon's going to make some strange cultural. A cultural connection back to comics. Well, technically Hanna-Barbera. Okay, I mean, but I mean, really, you know. I, I would like to note that Rick is still looking at the slip. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm being quiet. Oh, no. <laughs> well, good. Until uh, he suddenly loses interest. Um, I don't even know you anymore. Use your powers only for good. Wow, what a chorus. Yeah, that's a rap. Us, it really does resonate. <laughs> Mine was an ancient Greek. <laughs> <laughs>